0: All righty. Can everybody hear me okay? <clears throat> well, good. Well, good morning, everybody, and welcome to the Firehouse Church. And, uh, you know, i got to put a little pause in there because I want to say... Uh, the Firehouse Community Church, you know, uh, or the uh, Fireplace Church, you know, I'm still getting that figured out, but no, it's uh, it's exciting being a part of the Firehouse Church and really with every passing week and month here this fall, I think we all uh, are just more and more affirmed with how wonderful it is and how God has led us to be joined together as two churches here, and so we've really been thankful here this Thanksgiving for our church family, and of course we're thankful for our physical families this Thanksgiving. We had all of our family at home. Uh, Probably many of you were able to celebrate with your families. Uh, That's always such a highlight at Thanksgiving time for us. That and the food. I know I ate too much again this Thanksgiving, but uh, we had a wonderful time. Tomorrow we're going to extend our Thanksgiving weekend one more day. Julie and I, we're going to celebrate tomorrow night and head out in the town. Uh, celebrating our 30th wedding anniversary tomorrow. So we're excited about that. And... Uh you know, my initial thought is, uh, I hope we have 30 more, and then I thought, well, uh, I thought, well, Julie might make that, I don't think I will, but then again, if I don't make it, she's not going to get 30 either, so <laughs> I guess she won't make it if I don't make it. So anyway, we'll see what, what the Lord has in store for us on that. But uh, you know, at Thanksgiving time is a good time to, to give uh, thought about giving thanks, and uh, you know, there's this little old saying, you know, um, count your blessings one by one, number them day by day. Uh, the Bible puts it this way, give thanks at all times. Uh, but I think it's such a good thing, and Thanksgiving is a great, great holiday to remember to be grateful and thankful people. Uh, and we need to enumerate those blessings. Sometimes if you just ask me on the surface what my blessings are, I'll tell you. But when I have to enumerate them... I go a little deeper and I come up with blessings I might not always even think about the fact that I have them. And uh, when we went up the mountains a few weeks ago, Brad and Jeff and um, Rich, myself, we had a wonderful time just getting to know one another. We hammered out this Striving Together series. Uh, it was a wonderful time with those guys. And I was assigned this third of the four-part series, Striving Together uh, in Strength. And when I saw the word strength, my first thought was, well, Rich, why don't you just share your message two weeks ago, share that again today. Because that's probably, you know, very apropos moving forward in strength, being united as one. Uh, but then I thought, no, i got to think through what would it mean for us to strive together in strength. My mind jumped to one of my often not thought of blessings. It was my Uncle Harry, my mom's brother, And you don't often think of of an uncle as a blessing, Uh, but I would have to say that my uncle Harry was a, a, a tremendous blessing to myself, my brother, sisters, and an example of strength. I thought of him when I thought of this topic. Um, he was—he's uh, really close to my mom. Uh, they grew up through very adverse circumstances, both raised by a single mom, and I think that brought them closer together. Uh, in my office, there's dozens of little gifts that Uncle Harry has sent me over the years—all kinds of decorations and paintings and things of that nature that he sent. Uh, and I think his kids and, and my family always felt that Uncle Harry and mom loved the other's kids just maybe a notch less than they loved their own kids that was kind of the nature of our family Uncle Harry was as a young man, very tall and strapping uh, young guy he was a, a sergeant in the Marine Corps World War II he became a veterinarian, large animal vet but to him physical strength is really important and when he'd come to our house we always loved it, us boys my brother, myself, his three sons because she loved the rough house with us and he'd throw us on the carpet and he would stick our noses into the carpet fibers until we could say this magic phrase and uh, he would just squish your head into the carpet and you'd have to come up with this magic phrase and if you couldn't come up with it, he'd just keep squishing your nose in the carpet. Or he'd give you a half Nelson and he said, okay, say it. And the phrase was his name and um, it's not that Harry is that funny, it's a little funny, but uh, his name was Uncle. And then his last name happened to rhyme with uncle. His last name was Kunkel. So he had to say Uncle Kunkel, uh, for him to stop. And you can imagine that'd be hard to do. And so here's this guy just giving you this half Nelson. He said, say it. And I go, Uncle. And then I just start laughing. And so he'd have to (laughs) apply more pressure. And until finally it hurts so bad, you just had to say Uncle Kunkel. And he would stop. And again, um, uh, to this day, I think of him when I think of strength, not only because of uh, the kind of uh, value he placed on physical strength as a young man, but even to this day, this December, my mom will turn 96, December 8th. Uncle Harry turns 91, December 21st. And for the last 40 years, that man has uh, been disabled, struggling with the ravages of multiple sclerosis for the last 40 years. And yet, in bed most of those years, there's no one that you will find more easily able to put a smile on his face. And he can laugh at a drop of a dime and give you the heartiest laugh. And even to this day, he still is the toughest guy that I know. One of the toughest guys that I know. And as I was thinking about Uncle Harry and his strength physically, you know, I was thinking about how God wants us to be strong spiritually. And just what does that mean? Well, here's this next slide and it shows a couple of verses for us. This first verse is in Psalm 105 verse 4. It says, Seek the Lord and His strength. You know, sometimes I know that I'm to seek the Lord. I'm to accept the Lord as my Savior. I'm to have my quiet times and go to church on Sunday mornings. I don't always think about the fact that I'm also to seek His strength. Every day of my life as a Christian, It's an effort, really, to lay hold of God's strength in my life. That's something God wants for you. In fact, this next verse in Ephesians 6.10 makes it even all the more clear. It's a commandment. Be strong in the Lord and in the strength of His might. That's not even an option. We are commanded to be strong spiritually in the Lord, in the strength of His might. And you know, God would never give you a command if He didn't think that you could obey it. God would never give you this command if it wasn't possible for you to in fact be strong spiritually speaking. There's not a person in this room that that command has not been given to. And there's not a person in this room who cannot obey that command. We can indeed be strong in the Lord and in the strength of His might. You know when we met the other day up in the mountain rich and And Jeff and Brad, Uh, again, what a wonderful time we had together, and we hammered out the specifics of this uh, series, Striving Together, and it actually focused on a verse in Philippians chapter 127, and I'll read that verse for you, Uh, we went through the whole book of Philippians, it says, only conduct yourselves in a manner worthy of the gospel of Christ. "...so that whether I come and see you or remain absent, I may hear of you that you are standing firm in one spirit, with one mind, striving together for the faith of the gospel." That's where the name of this series came from, Philippians one twenty-seven. how we're to strive together, and we're to strive together for the faith of the gospel. You know, I don't know, sometimes, at least this fall, and maybe especially for some of us from uh, the Valley View Church... I'd have to say church has gotten pretty easy this fall. You know, we haven't rotated into the setup crew yet or the refreshments yet to speak of or children's church. It's kind of been fun, uh, you know, coming and uh, just listening to the messages and and worshiping with the band. And uh, it's been fun. And yet, I think when we start really working together as a church for the faith of the gospel, you know, we're going to start serving more, all of us. We're going to be uh, laying our lives down really in one of these three areas. And I guess this is the motto of the Firehouse Church. I should know I'm one of the pastors here, but I had to call someone last night to find out what the motto was. Uh, but here's the motto, I think. We're committed to these three things. Love, rescue, and transform. That's the faith of the gospel. And as we pursue those things, We're going to have to strive. It's not going to be easy. And that idea of striving implies that our church will be facing challenges. You know, love, for example, as we move forward into the future, you know, you guys have gotten to know me anyway for a couple months, and I don't think I've blown it yet. I mean, I think I've been pretty good most of the time. And yet I know that I'm on thin ice. I know that any day now, I'm going to say or do something that you're going to have to forgive. And chances are, I'm going to have to forgive some of you for things that you say or do as time goes on. And so as we commit to loving even one another, you know, that's going to be a challenge, isn't it? There's going to be difficulties associated with that as we continue together. Or maybe rescue. When we begin to think in terms of the faith of the gospel, the area of rescuing people, that's when all of a sudden spiritual warfare kicks in. And our opponent, our enemy, does not want us to rescue people. And now we experience spiritual warfare. There's going to be striving in that. Or transforming. As we really seek to be transformed ourselves in the image of Christ. Growing up as men and women in the image of Christ. Or helping others be transformed in the image of Christ. will have all kinds of opposition. The devil or the flesh. So many things. So when I think of striving together, I think, you know, that's a challenge. It's going to be effort. And I don't think even one inch of spiritual ground taken in this, these areas of loving and rescuing and transforming can be taken without strife, striving together. It's going to take a lot of work for us on this. And Rich opened up this series two weeks ago. When he shared about the importance of unity and how we have to be one church in one location to be able to accomplish these three things. You know, be able to live for the faith of the gospel. It will require striving together as one church, corporately speaking, to accomplish this great goal. And I really appreciate everything Rich said in that regard. One church in one location. One name, one bank account, one philosophy of ministry, one goal, loving, rescuing, and transforming. Jeff shared last week how corporately we want to be committed financially, striving together financially. And again, we are so grateful for everyone praying, even in these days, you know, for your financial commitment this coming year. And Rich introduced, or Jeff introduced that last week. But as I began to think about my topic, you know, striving together in strength, I didn't necessarily see it corporately. You know, as we as a church need to be united as one, or we as a church need to be striving together financially. When I think of striving together in strength, I think each of us individually. How God wants each of us individually to be strong. And how we need to be committed individually to the pursuit of the strength of the Lord and living in His might. And so that's what I want to talk about today is biblical strength and how we as individuals in our church can tap into the strength of the Lord and then collectively we'll be a force to be reckoned with as each of us are growing and experiencing God's strength in our life every day. So let's pray and ask God to bless this remaining time. Heavenly Father, we do thank you for this day. And we do know that you who created the earth here is we pray to you that you would help us grow in experiencing your strength in our lives, every day of our lives. We commit that to you, Lord. I pray for each person here that that would become a reality. I pray it for my life. And so, Lord, we commit this uh, time to you now in Jesus' name. Amen. So when we thank of biblical strength, maybe one place to start would be what it isn't you know spiritual strength unlike the strength my uncle spoke of physical strength it's a little different, it's not necessarily physical strength, that's not bad, it's just not physical strength. It's not necessarily emotionally strong strength, being emotionally strong or, or able to work harder than anybody else or having achieved higher levels of success or status than anybody else or having power over people. Those aren't the things we're talking about here when we talk about spiritual strength. In fact, in these verses... If you were to look at one of these things, spiritual faith isn't. It's not physical, is it? You know, a king might be tempted to think that he is saved by the size of his army. You know, a a warrior might be tempted to think in a hand-to-hand combat situation that perhaps he would be escaped death, you know, by his great strength. But that's not the case. You know It goes on, God's pleasure is not in the strength of the horse, nor his delight in the legs of a man. And even Tim Tebow would tell you that it's not his legs that scored that touchdown. He probably attributes it to the legs God gave him. But God, again, does not take pleasure in these physical things. Those, that is not where our strength lies, in those things here on this earth that we might often think of as things that give us strength. Our strength is actually from the Lord. The Lord God is our strength, as this next verse shows in Psalm 29, in uh, Psalm 19. Let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in thy sight, O Lord, my strength, my Redeemer. God is our Redeemer. He's also our strength. And uh, again, this is where our strength is found. Not in any of these earthly things I mentioned, but it's found in the Lord. The Lord is my light and my salvation, whom shall I fear? The Lord is the strength of my life, of whom shall I be afraid? There's a lot of opportunities to be afraid in life, but if God is your strength, you'll have no fear. Because He wants to be not only our Redeemer, He wants to be the strength for every challenge we face in life. You know, think about the different challenges you could face in life. One certainly is fear. Many of you probably could be afraid of the economy, afraid of losing your jobs, afraid of going out of business. I've had many of those fears too. And I can say that, uh, you know, the, the, the challenge in those moments is uh, perhaps to look to earthly remedies rather than getting on our knees and number one, praying to the Lord, pouring our heart out, heart out before Him and saying, God, I'm afraid. God, I'm fearful. Lord, this is where my heart sat. And then besides praying to the Lord and expressing our heart, we wait to listen to his response. We wait for his words spoken to us, which are found in the scripture. And we look for the words in the scripture that will apply to us. And maybe one passage, do not be afraid. And when we're fearful, we just say, I will never leave you or forsake you. And that word from the scripture. Then the third step is. We apply faith to those words. And when we. Express our fear. And when we wait for God to. Speak to us. His promise. And we apply faith to that promise. We experience. The strength of the Lord. And not only will we not be fearful. We'll be joyful. Even in fearful situations. Because the joy of the lord is our strength and we'll have strength as we experience joy as we experience the strength of the lord in fearful situations what about when you're tempted to despair and there's no hope you feel completely behind you feel completely lost you don't know how it's going to turn out you're really concerned about your future and again You pour those feelings out to the Lord. You get on your knees. You turn to God in the privacy of your own room. And you just let the Lord know that. Lord, I just don't have hope. I feel despair. And you wait for God's response, His words to you. And the only words we have from God are in the Bible. And sometimes uh, it takes time, you know, for God's word in the Bible to speak to you. The words that He's written many centuries ago but intends for you to hear today and maybe that word would just be I am a God of hope surely there's a future and a hope for you those are two verses in the Bible and you begin then to apply faith to those verses and you know what instead of being in despair you experience the strength of the Lord in a despairing situation and you're not only not filled with despair anymore you're filled with hope you're filled with joy Joy is really one of the qualities, characteristics of someone who has been strengthened in the Lord. They have joy in their lives. And it's not that it's still not challenging. It can be. But those are ways that we can derive strength. Or how about if you're lonely? Again, We pour out to the Lord, and we cry to the Lord, and we wait for His response as we look for verses in the Scripture that we can apply faith to. And when we do that, we'll realize, I will never leave you or forsake you. That promise speaks to me in my loneliness, and I realize, you know what? I believe that. And all of a sudden, I'm not lonely, but I experience the joy and the strength of the Lord in my life. It can be any other area of our life, hatred or bitterness or somebody. God's got words in His Scripture that we need to believe in. And when we do link faith with God's Word after expressing our hearts, we'll experience the strength of the Lord in that area of our life. Maybe you lack wisdom and you don't know what to do. You're in a quandary. You don't know what direction to take. In James it says... You know, ask the Lord for wisdom and He'll give it to you. And you see that verse and you believe it. And then, you know what? As you have faith, you pursue other verses. You get counsel, other things you may need to do. But you're filled then with hope. And God, that God will give you the wisdom you need. Perhaps you're facing physical illness. And there's some in this church I know that are. And even in the midst of physical illness, you pour out your concern to the Lord. And God responds. And you believe in those verses. And God will give you hope in the midst of whatever physical crisis you face. You know, Paul himself did that, didn't he? He was in a physical situation where he had a physical need. And he cried out to the Lord, He said he cried out three times, that God would take away this physical ailment from him. And uh, we'll look at this next verse, by the way. This verse also, by the way, repeats the fact that God is our strength. The Lord gives strength to His people, and He is our strength. He'll give us strength. He'll bless us with peace. In the midst of all these kinds of trying situations, let's look at this next verse also. And in 2 Corinthians chapter 12 verse 9, Paul records, 2,000 years ago, he recorded this prayer that he had to God. And he said he had prayed to God three times in verses previous to this. And then it said that he said to me. So then God responded back to Paul, right? And so now Paul heard those words. And you know what else? He applied faith. He believed in those words. But the words were this. God said to Paul, My grace is sufficient for you. For my power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, Paul said, because he believed those words, I boast in my all the more, and I'm all the more glad about my weaknesses so that Christ's power may rest on me. Christ's strength may be upon me. Paul was joyful then after that in his physical ailment because he believed in these words that God spoke Yes, Paul wanted to be healthy so he could be, in his mind, a better preacher of the gospel. But God said, no, my grace is sufficient. You'll be a preacher for me in the gospel. But as people hear you speaking in the midst of this ailment, your message will all be even all the more powerful. God chose to allow Paul to continue in that ailment. but Because Paul was envisioned for why God allowed it. Paul derives strength from the Lord in that situation. And so, it it seems then that our weaknesses really are the springboard for the strength God wants to give us. It's our weaknesses. So, when we talk about striving together in strength, maybe we should be saying striving together in weaknesses that we should really be considering here today here's another verse I'd like to share with you as well and as we turn to that verse let me read this poem first this is from a civil war soldier that was written during the civil war no one knows his name I'm sure you've heard it before but I'd like to remind you of it it was his prayer on the battlefield I asked God for strength that I might achieve I was made weak that I might learn humbly to obey I asked for help that I might do greater things I was given infirmity that I might do better things. I asked for riches that I might be happy. I was given poverty that I might be wise. I asked for power that I might have the praise of men. I was given weakness that I might feel the need of God. I asked for all things that I might enjoy life. I was given life that I might enjoy all things. I got nothing that I asked for, but everything that I hoped for. Almost despite myself, my unspoken prayers were answered. I am among all men most richly blessed. I'm sure that that captures the sentiment that Paul felt as he prayed and was denied his prayer request but given really what he longed for. And certainly, we pray to the Lord and He hears us and He responds to us. It says in Isaiah Has not my hand made all these things? And so they came into being, declares the Lord. This is the one that I esteem. He is humble, contrite in spirit, who trembles at my word. This is not a mighty person. Contrite means crushed. I actually had to help Fiona learn this word in her vocabulary test the other day. It was one of her uh, vocab words, contrite. And it carries two notions. One is remorse and one is repentance. But the word comes from a word that means crushed. God is looking for crushed people. You know, when we talk about striving together in the future, let's do it as a bunch of crushed people. Let's do it as a bunch of weak individuals. But let us use that weakness as a springboard from which we secure the strength of God. And then we'll really be strong. And really be a force to be reckoned with as a body of believers here of That Firehouse Community Church. I have to be careful there. But let's do it that way. You know, this verse teaches that. You know, Martin Luther had that great song. uh, The great song, A Mighty Fortress is Our God. One of the lines is this, Did we in our own strength confide, our striving would be losing. You know, we're talking about striving together, but our striving is losing if we in our own strength confide. You know, we, uh, you know, we have to truly turn to the Lord to strengthen us. And to do that, we've got to recognize, we'll only do that if we recognize the weakness and need that we have in our lives. But you know, at the point that you recognize need, there's a temptation at that point. One of those temptations is, um, at that point, we will lack joy in our lives. And yet, uh, because we see the need and it discourages us. And uh, we don't want to see need in our life, do we? Because it discourages us. And it disheartens us. But again, it's in the scene of that need. And becoming contrite, crushed, remorseful, repentant. You know that God then esteems us. And He gives us grace. And He gives us His strength. We cry out, God speaks. We exercise faith. And we experience, we'll experience joy. But at that critical point, there's that temptation of not experiencing joy as we recognize our need. But it's a need that God intends to ultimately lead us to joy. Sometimes, you know, it's easy, you know, perhaps for me, you know, there's times when I have a hard time recognizing my weakness or wanting to, and then a hard time uh, securing God's strength in my need. Um, But maybe every now and again I do. But then what do I do when I see the needs in others? You know, sometimes I just might see my own need, my own weakness, as a springboard to God's strength. But when I see weakness in your lives, maybe it's just an irritation. (laughs) And I don't see it as God's springboard in your life for His strength also. That's how we should view one another's weaknesses. But at that point, that's a temptation. That's a a pitfall we can fall into uh, as we secure God's strength in our life. We might look down on the weaknesses of one another, let alone ourselves. Sometimes our weaknesses... Can bear down upon us so much, despair, loneliness, hatred, bitterness, fear, lack of wisdom, illness, addictions, any number of things. You know, that after a while, we kind of get to the point where it becomes an excuse for personal sin rather than a motivation to seek God. And we say, man, I endured this so long, I deserve a break today. And, uh, you know, I'm going to fall back into that addiction. I deserve a break today, and I'm going to just be lonely and miserable. I'm tired of trying. Or maybe it's accepting a lie. Rather than hearing from God and hearing His promise, we listen to the evil one and listen to His promise. And the evil one says, look, you know, I'm going to give you pleasure, so that uh, a promised pleasure, so, so that you won't feel... It will numb the pain that you feel. That's what the evil one does. And so at that point of recognizing our weakness, that's a temptation. Listening to the evil one instead of to God. Listen to the evil one's promise instead of God's promise. And the evil one says, pursue this pleasure to numb your pain. God says, embrace your pain. And cry out to me. And then listen to my words and believe them. And you'll experience joy in the midst of pain. And that's what God longs for us. And so God wants us, as Rich shared two weeks ago, to strive together unitedly. As Jeff shared just last week, strive together corporately in a financial way. And as I'm presenting today, He wants us to strive together in strength, individually. As we embrace our need and cry out to God and listen to His promise and exercise faith in those words, we will fulfill the commandment to us to be strong in the Lord. You know there is a story uh, of an eagle, and I uh, I'm not a big outdoorsman. Actually, my sons are more so. But you know there is a story, and uh, apparently how eagles make their nests. You know they'll go around and they'll search for these uh, rough rocks and big sticks, and they build their nest out of those rough material. And then they proceed to line it with, with uh, wool and feathers from animals they've killed. And so they make a nice comfortable nest there for their eaglets. And their eaglets grew up in the comfort of that nest. And you know, it's kind of tempting to just want to stay, stay in that nest. You know, when they're so comfortable. But you know what the mother eagle begins to do? She begins to tear away at the, at the wool and the feathers. And all of a sudden, those sticks and rocks emerge. And that nest just isn't as comfortable as it used to be. And that's a motivation for those eagles. Together with probably the drive to just fly, but it's a motivation for those eagles to leave their nest. And God does that in our lives. You know, He'll take away the padding and He'll allow us to experience the pain that this sinful life can sometimes foist upon us. But His intent isn't to destroy us or hurt us. It's to allow that pain to serve His purpose and to turning our eyes upward and to crying out to the Lord and letting Him know our pain and then listening to His words and exercising faith in those words will experience the strength of the Lord throughout our life. So let's pray and ask God to bless and lead us and we'll... Uh, Continue uh, trusting him to um, bless our church. You know, as we look to the future, I am convinced that a foundation is being laid here at Firehouse, a foundation that will truly help us impact our city, our state, even country, even other parts of the world as the years unfold. And that's an exciting thing. We'll need to be united in that to accomplish the faith of the gospel together in those ways we'll we'll need to be united financially and we need to be individuals committed to seeking the strength of the Lord in our lives Lord we just pray for that Lord I do pray that you'd help us to seek the strength of the Lord in our lives we just thank you for this time together from our brothers and sisters continue to bless us Lord help us uh, help us not Lord uh, listen to the false of the evil one help us turn to you and uh, we pray that you would bless us with your strength in Jesus name amen. Amen